Hello and welcome to our second Baltic Broadcasting Company monthly podcast with me, Mick Ord. And me, Mark Reeson. In today's podcast, I'll be speaking to the headmaster of a Liverpool Academy school based in the Baltic Triangle, where the facilities and increasingly educational achievements probably match those of any public school in the UK. And yet it's not a public school nor is it selective. We make every student a promise when they join the UTC uh, and the parents. We make them a promise that we guarantee a university place, a job or an apprenticeship. Uh, and what that means that we, we, we take control and we support them with that whole journey. So not only the academic element, not only the A-levels and the, and the GCSEs that they're gonna need to make uh, the applications to university or apprenticeships, but also we take whole, uh, control of the internships. We make sure that they're reading the right books. We make sure that they're doing the right project-based learning and importantly developing the right skills. And sticking with the educational theme, I've been speaking to Joe Morphy of Liverpool Girl Gigs, who are working hard to help girls and young women break into science and technology in schools, colleges and industry. Yes, it's about getting them into the all-important STEM subjects. That's science, technology, engineering and maths, in case you didn't know. There's only like 10% of female engineers in this country, in the UK, and that's actually the lowest in the whole of Europe. So we've got a bit of a challenge in terms of getting more women into these industries and it starts quite early on. So we've recognised that actually it starts from the age of five years old. Driving into Liverpool City Centre this morning, I noticed a very slick looking advert at a bus shelter in Egbeth advertising the Liverpool Life Sciences UTC, that's University Technical College, which is based here in the Baltic Triangle on Greenland Street in what used to be a sugar warehouse and more recently the Contemporary Urban Centre. In fact, the sign still says that, even though the centre itself shut down some years ago. Now it's a UTC for children aged 14 and over, which attracts pupils from all over Merseyside and beyond. It was the UK's first school specialising in life sciences and healthcare. Set up in 2013, it has very strong links with Liverpool University and the Royal and Broad Green Hospitals. Its business partners include companies like Unilever and Thermo Fisher Scientific. Well, the facilities took my breath away. For example, the science lab is akin to those at a university. In fact, they could even be better than some universities, never mind public schools. It's state-funded, and children don't even need to pass an exam to attend. The headmaster, Ian Parry, says pupils are selected on their attitude towards education, as he explained when I met him recently. It's a beautiful building, it's a beautiful environment, it's a, it's a very exciting place to come to work every day. Um, it's very different from a lot of the other schools that people go into, um, so uh, I do feel very fortunate and very excited about what the future holds. What makes your offer to pupils different to other schools in the public sector? Because you are in the public sector, aren't you? We are indeed. We're a 14 to 19 specialist college. Um, we were the first life sciences and healthcare UTC in the country. Uh, as you walk around the building, you see we do have a very interesting um, and interesting opportunity that is quite unique. We've got some specialist teaching spaces. We've got th uh, over a million 
pounds worth of uh, innovation labs, teaching labs. Um, we've got a mock hospital ward, and what spaces like that allow students to do is really um, the subject to come to life. So those students who are um, passionate about a career in science or healthcare, they don't just sit behind a computer and, and and listen about what that is or start to look at YouTube videos, but they actually get the opportunity to live it. Students get the opportunity to to come in and feel what it really feels like to be a scientist, what it really feels like to go into a healthcare uh, profession and then what they're able to do in the years that they're with us is really start to develop those skills to give themselves a very unique opportunity when they're applying onto university or when they're applying onto um, higher level apprenticeships or whatever it may be. So you're in the public sector, paid for by central governments, but also backed financially by private businesses and Liverpool University. What's the, the nature of those relationships? No, so there's, there's no additional funding outside the state sector. We, we're academy, um, we're an academy school, um, so we're, we, are, we are funded as, as other state schools are um, via the academy model. The relationship with the, the business partners and the universities, uh, there's no financial commitment from them at all. Actually, they very much get it. They are very much have an investment in um, being part of the curriculum, being part of the offer, uh, and driving what makes our culture and, and our opportunities for our students quite unique. So if I was to send my um, son or daughter to this school, how would it differ from another school? We, we offer A-levels, we offer GCSEs, as, as other schools do. Our big unique selling point is the fact that um, we give students the, the opportunity to get hands-on experience and really start to explore what do their careers and what do their futures look like. So very quickly, students become very self-motivated and can start to see um, that, that their career is, is in their own hands and part of their own destiny. So, for example, we have a number of students who are, who, who are on a medical pathway who want, to, who want to go on and study medicine at university. Um, and they get the opportunity to get, we, we manage an internship program where they'll go out to hospitals uh, they'll do they'll shadow doctors they'll do various different workshops but they'll then come back and work alongside students in our labs. Uh, we've got professors and PhD researchers in our labs that will really drive the level of science that, that they're thinking and doing. So it, it really does give students and young people an opportunity not only to talk about the career that they, they are interested in going into, but to really see it and feel it. And then importantly, um, to not only raise that aspiration, but we work very hard to broker those aspirations for every single student, whichever pathway they, they decide to follow. And you have a longer school day than not, than ordinary schools, don't you? you, 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 you. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we have a, a slightly longer day. So we have a nine to four day. Um, we, we, we make every student a promise when they join the UTC uh, and the parents. We make them a promise that we guarantee a university place, a job or an apprenticeship. Uh, and what that means that we, we, we take control and we support them with that whole journey. So not only the academic element, not only the A-levels and the, and the GCSEs that they're going to need to make uh, the application applications to university or apprenticeships but also we take whole control of the internships we make sure that they're reading the right books we make sure that they're doing the right project-based learning and importantly developing the right skills that when they are put in the position uh, when they've made an application to university and they're offered an interview or they're challenged to actually prove their passion or their skills, they can do it. You know, our students are blowing people away. Um, our students are, are coming back with a number of unconditional offers from universities um, and we're now in a very fortunate position where we've got universities actually knocking on our door saying, you know, where are our next students coming from? Um, and it's a, it's a very exciting time to be part of the UTC. 
And what are the criteria for pupils to enter this school? Because they come at 14, don't they? They do. So, so this is, again, something we're very passionate and committed about. We're a, we're a non-selective school. Um, you know, many, many people um, actually come and walk around uh, and, and see us as, as, as close to an independent education as you can get. But we are, we are non-selective. We, we meet every student. And we interview every student. And we, and we do make it clear the high standards and high expectations that we have here at the UTC and what what we're really looking for is is an agreement between between ourselves the student and the parent that that we're all going to commit to this journey um and and actually the, the sectors that we work very closely with uh, you know health and life sciences they are sectors that are looking for um people at all different levels of their organizations so we have a number of students who will come to us who in two years time will go on and look at healthcare professional uh, health assistant professionals at the royal hospital and we've got students who are who we've got students who arrive to us who have very um, low self-esteem and low communication skills um, who who we work very closely with we put them on internships and we're very proud to you know I I was I had to take my daughter to an appointment last week at Alder Hay and I was very proud actually that the 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 young lady on reception was actually one of our ex-students and and her ability and we, we had a chat about this and actually her ability to communicate was developed here at the UTC uh, she's now very, very well thought of in in the Elder Hay organisation, um, and she and she openly told me that it was all to do with the opportunities and the, the skills that she developed while here at the UTC. Um, it's also it's also ideal for those students who are passionate about science but don't really understand what that is or what that means or what that looks like. Um, a lot of young people have a stereotypical idea as to what a scientist is and what a scientist look like. Many of us still think of a, you know, an old person with fuzzy hair and a white coat on. Uh, the reality is that we actually put them in a position where they will meet scientists on a daily basis. They'll meet PhD students on a daily basis. And from a social mobility perspective, those barriers are very, very quickly broken down. They're, they're, they're part of the science community. They're living it. They're seeing it daily. Where do most of the pupils come from? Because you were telling me before that about 20% of the pupils are from the, the Liverpool 8 area, Toxteth and Dingle. Yeah, we, we, we have a real mix of students, but again, we're, we're, we're not... A not just middle-class kids. Certainly not, and we're not, you know, we're, we're not a, um, a community school from the point of view that we, we draw students just from three miles radius. Actually, we have students coming from Southport, Formby, Knowsley, uh, the Wirral. Um, we've actually got a student who, um, family live in Blackpool, and, and, and she actually lives here for for five days a week to, so because she's very passionate about becoming a nurse we've got two students who who again come in from north wales and and, and live in the city um through the week um because they're that passionate about going into careers in healthcare. um we we are drawing more students from from the local area which which is fantastic um and and actually it, it, it's a fascinating place that we've, we've actually created a culture and an ethos that is very much based on the community being uh, around a shared passion, a shared passion about aspiration, uh, a shared passion around science or a shared passion around healthcare. Um, but, but most importantly, a shared passion of, of a group of young people who want to do well for themselves. And ultimately, many of them really genuinely want to change the world. What do your uh, colleagues in the local authority sector, you know, are the headmasters that you talk to over the phone or you go out for a drink with? Because we hear so much about cutbacks in education, mm. and yet here you are in probably one of the most deprived areas in, in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, 
doing many great things with the same budget mm. you said as as most of the local authority schools mm. what do they think about it are they jealous are they you know do, uh, do they think you you you're in a, a particularly uh, f- fortunate position no i think i think we're very fortunate in 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 liverpool to have some um really really good schools and importantly some really really good head teachers you know i've i've been very fortunate over the last couple of years when when i became a head teacher here um to, to join some of them groups um and i've been very fortunate to get to know some of those head teachers very well and and, and there's a very there's a very clear drive uh, from all the head teachers that, that, that we, all, we all want the best things for liverpool as a city region we all work in individual schools and, and each of those individual schools across the city region are very different and and, and offer something quite unique and I think the other head teachers um, accept that the UTC brings something to the party Uh, you know I think they accept that actually the UTC from from a Liverpool city region perspective uh, bring something quite unique and, and, and a big opportunity. Uh, so I've been very fortunate to, to get to know a number of their local head teachers, and and you know they'll often come and visit and look around, and, and they're very open for for me to go and see their schools. And, and there's very much a culture in the city in, in the city where we 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 absolutely passionately believe that um, we we can do some amazing things with our students right across the city region, um, and it, and it's it's great to be a part of. And they don't think that you're going to nick all their brightest pupils. No, there's a there's a, a very clear uh, understanding between us all that we have a very open and, and honest culture. So head teachers will often pick up the phone and, and talk to me about a potential student they think w- would uh, benefit from from coming to the UTC, and vice versa. I will have students who will turn up on open evenings here, uh, and I'll pick up the phone and, and get an honest picture from from another head teacher to say, "Is this right?" Um, so so I do think it's. Uh, um, it, it's about it's about opening opening our doors and being open and honest with each other, and I think um, we, we've been able to do that, and we've now got that open dialogue with with uh, head teachers across the city, um, and the UTC fits as part of that. Well, you've spoken about some of the facilities here. Let's go and have a look at one of your classrooms. Okay, great. Well, we're now standing in one of your innovation labs with about a dozen pupils in here. What's uh, what's this all about then? Looks looks more like a university laboratory to me. And, and that's exactly it. So, so you're currently, as you say, stood in one of our uh, three uh, university standard research standard innovation labs. So this is where the students come um, to really find out where their passions in science are going to take them. Uh, this gives them the opportunity from 14 years of age uh, to experience what it is in a research lab uh, and what it feels like. So the initial thing that they'll do as they join us in year 12 or, or, or 10 is to really start exploring what does real science look like and feel like as they develop in the two years that they're with us or four years that they're with us they'll undertake uh, their own um, individual research projects but importantly they'll start to develop the skills and the language that they really need to, to then go and take that into a career or into university so as you can imagine if you've got a, a, a 14 year old who experiences this for four years uh, when they apply for university and they and they and, you know they, they've got an interview for university they're blowing people away because you know they, they'll take along their research projects they'll take along their um, their skills passports that they develop while they're at the UTC uh, and they're really setting themselves apart from from other students who are 18 um, they're going and actually delivering sessions to professors and delivering sessions to universities um, and, it, and it's such a huge advantage to them 
Um, it's, it's unreal. And what's the response of the university doctors and professors when they see some of these pupils, when they meet them? Frightened, uh, challenged, you know, and, and it's, it's fascinating. Um, we have a number of phone calls each year um, from new, new, new universities that we're developing relationships, um, checking that what actually they're hearing is true, um, you know, because some of them just can't believe it. We have had students who've actually been fast-tracked into the second year of university um, programmes and undergraduate courses because on a number of a number of the science courses uh, it is very skills led in the first year and actually our students are turning up with all of those skills already already able to do um, but but they are as I, as I did you know as I mentioned they the universities are now actively seeking out our students they're actively coming and doing things with alongside our students um, to really actively encourage them a to go to their universities but now to really start studying specific courses um, you know right across the country it's a truly unique and how many offers did you get from Cambridge and Oxford this year uh, this this year we're, we're sitting on um, six Oxbridge um, uh, offers. Um, but again, that's that's a very interesting concept in itself because actually we had we've had a few other students on top of that who've been to who've made applications but actually have come back and decided that that isn't going to be their first choice. Uh, the students are, are very well informed and they know that there are some courses um, there are some courses and some undergraduate undergraduate programs that actually they will be better suited not at. Oxbridge, um, and which I think uh, is 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 a, a fascinating thing, and, and a, a, you know a real positive message that the students get at the UTC. You've kind of been talking about some of the high achieving Absolutely. pupils, but you did say to me before that when you went to Alder Hay and you had someone on the front mm. of house staff, you were yeah. equally as pleased with her progress. So you're not just catering for the, the top quality students no. in, a, in an academic sense. A- absolutely, and I think that's a very um, important message, actually, that, um, you know, as I said, we, we've learned a lot about the science sector and the health sector over the last um, five years that we've been open. And what's very clear is that there is a there are great opportunities from a uh, career progression um, at all different levels in, in those two sectors. And the students that come to the UTC, the most important thing is that they actually are able to explore their passions and then we can make um, make uh, make those passions and aspirations a reality. Uh, and, that, and that is at lots of different levels. You know, one of the things that we uh, work very hard on is exploring um, apprenticeship models and career models um, for all of our students. Uh, our, our head boy last year, actually took a decision to to take a higher level apprenticeship at um, Unilever um, he, he also had an offer from Cambridge so he, he did take that active decision that he he, uh, he would take the apprentice take the higher level apprenticeship uh, and, and it is very much you know that, that commitment I said earlier around the guaranteed job university place or apprenticeship is, is very real and and many of our business partners are, are looking for students to go and work for them at 18 um, and this is not only a model at this school but at some of our other schools across the trust, you know, um, there, there's, there's huge opportunities in, in actually uh, approaching education using this model. What kind of businesses do you want to engage with? Because you do offer placements at a number of different uh, companies in this area. Yeah, we do. We've got an extremely um, strong um, business partnership uh, base that we have. Um, and that is growing uh, all the time and it, and it really does range from partnerships with the likes of you know some big employers the likes of the Royal Hospital um, with the likes of Unilever with the likes of Jaguar Land Rover um, but importantly we are developing some really unique um, opportunities uh, with some small and medium enterprises 
you know, there's a there's a huge um, entrepreneurial uh, spirit in Liverpool, and actually there's some really interesting projects that are developing and and uh, business opportunities that are developing both in a science sector and a health sector and an engineering sector, um, where our students are now seeing that they've got access to that. So we work very closely with the LEP, um, we work very closely with the Baltic Triangle Group, um, and, w- and we very much become part of um, people's thoughts. So when new businesses are starting and developing, uh, the calibre of our students is, is very attractive, and the way that we can work with them as a, as a school or through a college, uh, it becomes a very attractive model for, new, for, for a number of new start businesses as well as some really well-established businesses. Anyone who is interested in linking up with the Liverpool Life Sciences UTC to inquire about getting their kids at the school or getting involved from a business perspective should contact the school via their website. And they have lots of open days and stuff like that. By the way, you're listening to the BBC, the Baltic Broadcasting Company. This is our monthly podcast for the business communities of Merseyside, broadcasting from the heart of the Baltic Triangle. Well, I've been finding out about what's happening to get more young people involved in the sciences, in particular girls and young women. I met up with Joe Morphy from Liverpool Girl Geeks, who are based on Jordan Street. One of their key aims is to get more girls thinking seriously about a career in the science and digital sectors, and to encourage more companies to buy into this ethos by employing more women. The obstacles that females face, even at school, can be quite daunting. By 2040, it's estimated that only 1% of the tech sector will be female. Scary stuff. But Liverpool Girl Geeks, which started just a few years ago, are doing their bit to tackle the issue. Liverpool Girl Geeks is essentially a movement to get more women into technology. So at the moment in the northwest, only 19% of technical roles are taken by women. That did increase from last year, so it's good to see an upward trajectory, but we still have a long way to go in terms of getting the gender balance right in the sector. There's also, in broader terms, an issue with STEM. So as you know, there's only like 10% of female engineers in this country, in the UK, and that's actually the lowest in the whole of Europe. So we've got a bit of a challenge in terms of getting more women into these industries. And it starts quite early on. So we've recognised that actually it starts from the age of five years old and it progresses through every point, uh, every decision-making point within a woman's life. She'll tend to kind of veer away from the STEM industries. So we've developed a range of events, um, workshops, training, meetups and a community around this issue. And essentially, through all these interventions, we're looking to positively encourage more women to go into tech. Can you give me some examples of success stories that you might have? Yeah, we've got absolutely loads. So Liverpool Girl Geeks was set up in 2013 initially. It was uh, never intended to be a business. Initially, it was just an event, if you like, a hobby, to get women together in the city and, and meet up and chat all things technology. And originally, it was just a blog and a Twitter account, and the community started asking us for more and more things. So through Twitter, it really snowballed, and they asked us for training events. So to answer your question, we've been running coding courses since 2015, and also courses in lots of other topics like social media, 3D printing, confidence building. So not just hard technical skills, but also the softer skills that you need to get ahead in the industry. And through those courses, we've had some really great outcomes. So to give you one example, 
there was a lady called Victoria and she was working in retail and admin and she really wanted to get into tech. She thought that that might be a thing for her. So she came to our Get Your Head Around Code course and we have a lot of Get Your Head Around courses and they're designed to give people a two-hour taster as to what that topic might be like. And she got the bug, she got the coding bug basically. And she then came on our six-week JavaScript course, which is also led by an industry tutor and the industry tutor happens to be one of the most inspirational women I've ever met so her name's Alex Hindley and she works for Bandcamp which are actually based in San Francisco but she works remotely here in her dressing gown in Liverpool (laughs) and she says it's the best job in the world so she's a brilliant role model for women who are looking to retrain and also um, they just want that bit of inspiration. And Alex took Victoria through the six-week course. And at the end of that, she started applying for jobs in industry and also furthering her skills using online courses like Code Academy and Udemy and others. And she ended up with a job at Compare the Market as a junior software developer. And so that's one of the great stories that we have on the adult side of things. Uh, We've also, though, developed workshops for teens, so specifically working with 11 to 16-year-olds. And that's because we recognised that there was a pipeline problem as well as a now problem that we needed to fix. So we've um, now got an eight-week programme which runs for two hours a week where we teach girls digital skills, but we also give them up-to-date, relevant careers advice and raise their confidence and self-esteem. And I'll give you just one story from that because it's it's a brilliant one. Uh, we had a girl called Beth come through our very first programme. It was held at FACT in Liverpool City Centre. And we had 90 applications for just 15 places, which goes to show that if you use the right messaging and the right branding, you can attract girls and women to tech. It's just about how you package it, really, in a nutshell. And we attracted loads of girls, but Beth was one of them. And she learned how to build her own website with us through the eight-week course she made her own blog and after that uh, she told us she was really passionate about gaming and she actually really wanted to go into that as a sector so we arranged for her to have some work experience at Sony who are based here locally at Wavertree which we you know we couldn't believe that we managed to pull that off because uh, they haven't been kind of that engaged with the community in the past but they really wanted to work with us so that was great And Beth got a week's placement there. After that, Beth said that she categorically wanted to... She was totally in love with the games industry. And uh, she wanted to find a way to go into it. So she's now going to study at the university, potentially the University of Bolton, do the games course there. The sad thing about Beth's story is that she currently studies computer science at GCSE level. And she attends an all-girls school. But the all-girls school don't offer that as a subject. She has to go next door to the all-boys school to take computing science. And obviously that's quite intimidating for her. And so we've really worked with her to build her confidence and her resilience to enable her to carry on doing that. But she said she's not going to study computer science at A-level because she just doesn't feel like it's for her. Now, fortunately for Beth, it's not a prerequisite to going into the gaming industry necessarily, computing science. Um, But this is how we're losing them quite early on. We've got sort of a few issues with our curriculum and what offers there are at that age level, really. Um, So there's lots of work to be done. It's, you know, we're we're living in an unperfect situation at the moment. And it's not just Liverpool, it's it's a national picture. So... um, well, that's interesting because it leads me nicely onto my next question, which is what can we do 
both at a regional level and also at a national level to address this. I mean, Beth's a great story, a great example of a pioneer almost. Yeah. But what we want is we want Beth to not be the exception. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We, we need to encourage more. And you're saying get in early. Yeah, absolutely. So what we've seen through running the programmes for both girls and women is that community is really important. So having that support network, because they're in a minority at the moment in their computer science classes, in industry, when they go into the workplace, um, they do need a lot of support and um, quite a lot of confidence building work doing and resilience work doing. So that's what we provide. And I think... With Beth and all the alumni of our Girl Geek programmes, she has now uh, got a network of girls that she met through on the course that she goes to do hackathons with, and they've won the last few hackathons that they've been to in Manchester. It's fantastic. But that community is really important, so we're growing, essentially, that's why I called it a movement initially. We're growing a movement, because the more people that are involved with it, the stronger the voice gets. And eventually, they won't be a minority anymore when they go into the workplace because we'll have made this fundamental change but you're right it needs to happen nationally so I'm working with the Department for Education at the moment on the T levels which are the new technical qualifications for 16 to 18 year olds being released in 2020. If that's done right and designed in the right way then there'll be these other options for young people to choose post-16. So they'll be able to do data and digital qualifications, they'll be able to do filmmaking, for example, they'll be able to do creative things. So there'll be more options. We still have the issue with the GCSE options before that. I think computing science, um, it replaced ICT, and more girls used to study ICT, so there's a lot of work to do to understand why that is, you know, what's gone wrong with the essentially the branding of it and the engagement thereafter. So there's quite a lot of work to do, and we are looking at the national picture and trying to influence that as well as working here in Liverpool. And that brings me on to why we launched the Innovate Her brand, because that is the brand for our teen programme. And we aspire to roll that out across the northwest initially, but then beyond. So it's really exciting. And in the next academic year, we're looking to work in 10 schools with that programme. So it's the same programme that Beth went through, the eight weeks, but it's going to be an after-school club. And so far, we've delivered it here in a school in Liverpool, Belvedere Academy in Liverpool 8, a brilliant first school for us, and then at a school in Wigan, Wesley High, which is currently underway. And the girls are learning UX skills, essentially, which for anybody who isn't techie is user experience. And they're learning how to basically approach something in a really innovative way and generate ideas, work as part of a team, pitch it back to the client, some marketing skills in there, a bit of coding. And it's all industry-led. So we're not asking teachers to teach the programme. We get tutors in from industry. So um, the programme at Wesley at the moment is led by two tutors from the BBC who are based at Media City and we've just been extremely fortunate to find such amazing role models from the community that want to pay it forward and lead these programmes because that's, that's what it's all about. That leads me on then to ask about funding and, and also opportunities maybe to partner and, 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 and to, to sort of really expand how how is that going to work for you okay um funding as a small organization is always a challenge it's always one of the key key challenges we've had we've basically our model is that we ask 
for private sector organisations to support our work and we match that with grants that we find. So the Co-op Digital, who are based in Manchester, have supported our work since the beginning really, since 2016 anyway, when Chelsea and I decided to quit our jobs and take the leap into the unknown. So uh, they supported us from then and they've been a brilliant partner because they don't just support us financially but they give us role models and mentors from their digital teams. They give us strategic advice. They're kind of like a critical friend. So they've been really involved and that's great. And then there are other organisations who don't want to be as involved as that and that's fine but they they may still give us mentors, a bit of financial support. So we work with different companies in different ways depending on their needs. Uh, through Liverpool Girl Geeks we have a membership scheme. So it's basically at the moment 10 local companies uh, involved with that including Shop Direct, Mando which are one of the biggest digital agencies here, Reading Room who are just kind of merged and become quite a big company through to smaller companies like Igu who are based in the Baltic and we work with them on a number of different things so they might have uh, they might want to attract more women to roles within their company they might want to retain work on the retention of those women looking at their culture that sort of thing they might want us to help review their job adverts and check that they're gender neutral uh, they might want us to help with their profile because through our network through our community uh, so there are a number of different things we offer our members but that's another thing that keeps us going really is that that they financially support us and we work with them on all things related to equality and diversity so yeah I guess we are always looking for forward thinking companies who truly care about equality and diversity and inclusion or who want to work towards that within their organizations to come forward really and support our work and and work with us to inspire the next generation and uh and get more women in tech, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm very keen to try and encourage people in, in the whole region to start communicating more with each other, so the Baltic to join up with the, with the business quarter and things like that. So if there is anybody out there that, that might want to, to join join up with you and partner with you, how, how would they get involved then? What would they, what would, what would they have to do? We always say the best place to come and meet us is actually our monthly meetup. So we have a free monthly event for all people not just tech people, not just women, but everyone is welcome. I have to emphasise that because people, often we get approached by men saying, can we come to that event? And we're like, yeah. (laughs) Because we have to be what we want to see in the world and we want to be inclusive. And actually we really need men to advocate for this too. It's so important. So everyone is welcome to the meetups. So we have themed panels every month and we might cover topics like AI is our next one and diversity within that. We've covered fashion tech, um, Uh, We've had a Meet the Boss event recently where local founders have told us about their startup stories and their journeys. So we theme them differently every month and people can dip in and out as to what interests them. So we'd say come along and chat to us there or contact either myself or Chelsea. um, We'll take you for a coffee, tell you more about what we do and how you can get involved with it. We're also always looking for individuals to become mentors The tutor roles that I described earlier in the school, they're actually paid roles that we ask for freelancers to come and help us with uh, that have a specific set of expertise relating to the topics that we're teaching. 
And we also need volunteers to help facilitate in classrooms and help us run our meetups and keep us going, basically. Our volunteer network is so important to us. We have a team of bloggers as well who write for us regularly and keep the blog alive. So really, this whole community and partnership approach is central because we only have a small core team of four people. So without all of these um, wonderful people who just give us their time and, and get involved, we couldn't deliver what we do. Well, it's fantastic to see how passionate you are about it. And, and I, I'm, I'm really inspired by that. From my point of view, then, how, how can we keep that girl geek talent in Liverpool? What do we have to do? I think that's a brilliant question and it's about how we promote the sector that we have here because we've got we're sitting on a brilliant asset I mean we're in the Baltic and that is the heart of where a lot of digital and and tech and creative activity happens but I feel like we need to tell more people about it and especially um, early in the pipeline like schools and engage with them more and tell them about the wonderful companies that are here in Liverpool. And I actually feel like that's what we've been really good at doing because we've gone into schools and said, did you know Sony's in Wavertree? Bet you didn't. <laughs> did you know they have loads of testers working there? And it blows people's minds when they see what's on offer. And through our membership and the partners that support us, like the co-op, we've been able to showcase their roles and their their role models and what sort of jobs people can do and things like apprenticeships so shop direct for example have a lot of degree apprenticeships that i feel like people really don't know about but they have them in technical roles they have them in data buying merchandising there's all these options for young people now and there's a lot of noise so through our work we're trying to clarify the different routes into industry for both girls and adults and, set and showcase the amazing companies who, who are here. And that's the best way I can think of to tackle it. And it's really a marketing challenge. So for the digital and creative sector that exists here, ironically, you know, we're not great about shouting what we, about what we do, even though digital marketing is the cornerstone of the industry. Uh, we need to get better. It's like the uh, mechanic that can't maintain his own car doesn't have time for that, right? That's what I feel like the digital and creative sector is like. We need to spend a bit more time on our, on our own profile and image. Uh, but, but we're also busy delivering that for clients in a way that it's quite hard to do it. Well, I personally am looking forward to coming to your next meeting. That's for sure. I'm definitely going to be there. So where can everybody keep up to date? Give us your web address or give us some sort of contact details that people listening to this can, can get in touch with you. Obviously, we're very active on social media. That's where we started. So on Twitter, you can find us at Elpool Girl Geeks, and uh, you'll get a response within minutes if you tweet at us there. And we have another account for the teamwork Innovate Her UK. The website is liverpoolgirlgeeks.co.uk or innovatehere.co.uk. Um, Liverpool Girl Geeks very much now focuses on the adults training and events and Innovate Her on the teens, so it's just depending on what you're interested in, really. But those are the addresses. It's fantastic to hear how much Liverpool Girl Geeks are influencing the careers of girls and women across the region. It would be amazing to get more local support to give them even more momentum. So if you're interested in helping them out, do get in touch with Liverpool Girl Gigs. And finally, a quick mention about what's going on in the Baltic over the next few weeks. We've got Light Night on Friday the 18th of May, with lots going on in the Baltic market. We've also got the Baltic Weekender on the 1st to the 3rd of June. And on June the 8th, we've got the Positive Vibrations Festival of Reggae, right here in the Baltic Quarter. 
And there's loads more What's On events going on in the Liverpool Baltic Triangle Facebook page. So that's about it for us for this month. And we look forward to seeing you again in a month's time. Yeah, see you then.